Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Everybody, we're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year long. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. I'm Anthony, and I love New York, but hate <laughs> everything that Tom likes. <laughs> Whoa, I think you could reverse that, and that's how you are. <laughs> uh, I think we both fit that bill pretty hardcore, bro. <laughs> oh man, Tom, I missed your trolling last week, and Julia, I just missed you last week. It's a whole, been a whole week. We took a week off, which seemed like a great idea, but then you know you get like a few days past that Tuesday, and I'm like, what? Why? Why? Why did we do this? Yes, I like how we at, acted online like we were taking a break and not like, hey, we don't know where to find this movie, and we have to wait for the snail mail to get to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, peek behind the curtain. We did not want to take a break. It's just no. that British, some British movies are extremely hard to find. They're Although we'll talk about this when we, We'll talk about this later. I don't know why this one is very hard to find because it has a few big actors in it and it has good right. production value and it's a theatrical release. Yep. I don't know. Rad. All the way so around. hard to find. I love this movie. I don't care what Anthony's going to say. <laughs> don't troll. Actually, Let's talk about the weeks. one week you didn't troll. That's right. He's stocking up. Though, yeah. Yeah. Don't ever not troll again. Don't ever <laughs> not troll again. How many double negatives are in that? So a week without the podcast, how was it? What'd y'all do? Anything fun? It was long. It was Anything long. fun? Work? Not fun. I went to the beach over the weekend, which is a mistake. Oh. Why was it a mistake? Well, because because they're selling, they're limiting people onto the beach, which is awesome. You yeah. you know, they're limiting. You have to get passes in advance, but once you get to the beach, like you would never know. So we, I did not stay long before I got the heck out of there. There were a lot of people there. Crowded. Um, besides that, relaxed, watch some movies, watch some TV. Yeah. Uh, I got feedback on the draft of the book I wrote from a published author who had some very nice words today which cheered me up when i was on zoom oh that's great work. so yep oh nice you've now got a hurricane coming your way don't you tropical storm and yeah the worst of it passed already power kept flickering on and off all day and winds are pretty bad and i was watching my patio furniture get blown around all outside and this evening i saw <laughs> birds stuck in the screen they're alive oh. they're just gripping onto it like Oh. blown away so but the worst of it's gone thankfully yeah that's good uh yeah i mean there's a lot of power outages around here and trees down and stuff but we were lucky that's good that's good 
what was your week? Oh. I would say ladies first, but last time I said ladies first, Tom says, I'll go. And jumped ahead of you. Thanks, Anthony. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, my week was way too long and full of difficult parent decisions when it comes to school this day and age, right? We had some deadlines for deciding if we were going to do virtual school because they didn't really want to send the kids in person. I could help it, right? Um, what y'all decide? Only to find out. Only to find out. So we'd committed to virtual. And when we actually looked at the classes Owasso offers for virtual school, um, there's no advanced classes, there's no AP classes, there's no languages, there's like two elective options. So the virtual option is like a non-option. So I told the kids, I'm not going to chop your schedule to bits and have you be set back academically for an entire year. So you're going to school in class and I'm just going to have to <laughs> deal with that. But great news today, yes. Owasso announced they will be delaying the start of school until the end of the month and it will be all virtual until levels get to a safe number. It's basically until we're not in the red. Nice. So, so it's a good, good solution there. So all that stress for nothing. But that's literally all I did the last week. <laughs> what are they going to do? Like are they definitively opening at the beginning of in September or? No, they didn't give a date. So they said places, schools like Jinx and, and other schools in the area have said for the first nine weeks, they're going to be virtual. Owasso just said they would, um, they would open up the in-school option as soon as levels are in a yellow or orange category so consistently for some amount of time so we don't know what that means we'll get more information but it means that the kids get to stay home for the first bit which is good because it's pretty bad here it's in good. right now it's really bad one of ellie's friends is in her online class so that's kind of oh, exciting that is exciting that's good i think we're going to do pandemic pods with some of the kids that the kids have been around you know so how was your week, Tom? My week was good. I had a good week. Uh, nothing too exciting. Just working, hanging out with my kiddo. My house is done painting. It's beautiful. We get Yay. our new deck around our pool this weekend. It's been good. You know what else I did this week? I started Christmas shopping. I know exactly why. I found the perfect little thing for both of you two, and I cannot wait really? to get it in the mail to y'all. Oh, yeah. We have to do another Secret Santa, y'all. And we should yeah. also see if our listeners want to participate in a card swap. I was up till 3 a.m. last night listening to an audiobook I couldn't put down. Ooh, what book? It. Okay, it's called The Book of Rosie, A Mother's Story of Separation at the Border. It's about a woman who came from Guatemala, had to go back to Guatemala to bring her kids back again. And it's the horror story of what she endured and the difference in coming into this country with a child, the way she and her children were treated pre-2017, post-2017. It is mm -hmm. gut-wrenching and disturbing. I read Everybody a book called to listen to that book. Separated, which is about all the stories from people at the border. It just covers that whole saga, but it's interspersed with actual testimony from the people who got apprehended at the border and separated from their families. And 
the hard read. Really good book, hard read though. Like very, as in tears, this, a lot of it. Wow. But this lady talking about the sheer number of people in our country who are fighting what's happening at the border gave me much, much hope. It was, it's a beautiful story. And anybody with children, any religious person needs to read this book. Cannot recommend it enough. Speaking of not being able to recommend, <laughs> recommend anything enough. Yeah, tonight we're talking about Nativity, a movie from 2009, British comedy, family movie. Um, I mean, at least two of us are excited to talk about this movie. I know lots of our listeners are excited for us to talk about this movie. So let's, let's just get right into it. Um, so a brief synopsis of the movie Nativity, that does have an exclamation point at the end, so you have to say it like that, is... An uptight but secretly heartbroken primary school teacher's little white lie about Hollywood coming to see his class's nativity play grows like wildfire in this ragtag school low on self-esteem. Little white lie? It starts as little white lie. You know, I don't want to quantify lies because lying is bad. You should always be honest. (laughs) I knew knew you were going to bring that up. And I have something to say when we get to that scene where he's talking to the priest. Because I thought of you when we were... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that scene I mean, happened, Tom. And uh, I, I, like, I like how the priest turned it. I fully disagree. I'm a Martin Freeman side that you can quantify lies. But anyway, little white you lie. Maybe it, maybe it started that based, way. Maybe he, he kept it going and turned it into a huge one. Maybe based on um, a non-objective moralism, you can find some way to rationalize being dishonest. But given uh, an ethical, moral construct of something from a Judeo-Christian perspective does not afford you the opportunity to say that you can quantify lies. But I'm trying to talk ethics to a guy from New York. This is a waste of time. Oh, my gosh. You're a waste of time. (laughs) God, you sound like my mom. (laughs) All right, let's do histories with this movie before we get into casting credits. Um, um, I watched this movie for the first time this week, and I shared with Julia and, and Anthony a way to watch the movie, and I don't know what they did wrong, but I had no problem watching it twice. <laughs> um, and that was my first time to watch it. I didn't know about this movie. I knew nothing about it, but um, you're welcome. I liked it so much, I walked it a second time. I attempted to watch the way Anthony, uh, Tom provided for us to watch it, but I was had to like download four extra things and no. I didn't have to download anything. Well, because you already have literally everything downloaded on your machine and open in a tab somewhere. So, so I ordered it on Amazon and told it would be at my house with great haste and that turned out not to be true, which is why we are recording this a week late. It's all my fault. Um, and it came today. And so I watched it today and had never heard of it. Loved it. Um, You're welcome. Very, yes. very happy. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big thank you to Anthony because Anthony, your history is different from ours, isn't it? I saw this movie in theaters when I was living in England when it came out. Wow. And I really liked it. Yay. I haven't seen it since then. Watch it again today. I had to find a different method than both of y'all since Tom's method wasn't working for me. And I've gone digital, so I'm not ordering hard, you know, DVDs, Blu-rays anymore. 
And of course, I go digital, and I can't. This just reminds me why I didn't want to go digital because you can't get everything. And this is why I try to explain to Sarah when she's like, "Why would you purchase a movie that's on Netflix or Hulu?" Well, eventually, Netflix and Hulu lose the rights, and I'm not going to be caught in that debacle anymore. Anyway, so I had to find another way to watch it, and I did. And I still like this film. I don't love it, like the two of you seem to. I felt its length this time around compared to the first time I saw it. And I, uh, anyway, I'll get into specific other problems I have with it, including the amount that you can clearly tell is improvised with kids who can't handle that. But I really like this film. Not as much as the first time I saw it. Don't have the love for it. You guys have for it, but I far from hate this film. Far from hate. I can work with that. That's not a glowing recommendation. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a better recommendation than Rotten Tomatoes, which has a 40-something percent. Ugh. Well, you know how Tom feels about Rotten Tomatoes. I know, but you also know how I feel about Rotten Tomatoes. Although that changes. Sometimes. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't know from day to day. <laughs> how you feel today is not how you will feel five minutes from today. <laughs> Okay, so statistics. Oh, we on also this neglected. Movie. We also neglected to mention, y'all. It's August. Oh yeah, it is <laughs> August. <gasps> We're in the Burr months next month. Yeah, we are. Four. It's like three and a half. Three right? and a half. Three and a half weeks. We're in the Burr months. Yeah, and, and only for a couple of TTP birthdays. Twenty-four minus seven. We're only seventeen days away from pumpkin spice going back to Starbucks. Oh, snap. August hey, 28th. Anthony. Yeah. Do you want to have a virtual birthday party with me next month? Yes. Oh, that'd be fun. And I'm going to suggest we do, since we're always drinking out of mugs, I will get us a mug cupcake recipe that we can all make and share with our listeners so they can all uh, <gasps> oh, come with their mugs. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and Anthony, we yeah, can I, have a little candle. That could be a Patreon episode. Oh, that's a no, good idea. No, I don't want people to have to pay to celebrate our birthdays. <laughs> Everybody should have the privilege of celebrating. That's like those people who, who are, throw themselves a birthday party and then send you a, a registry list for a birthday. Have y'all ever had that happen? No. You've <laughs> yes, had that happen? I, I, I've had that happen. Yes. What do yes. they do? They'll send you they'll, a they'll list, like, like an Amazon wish list or a registry full of all the stuff they want after inviting you to their party. It's like, you have the privilege to come to my party. Here's a list of things you can bring. Because, you know, when you're an adult, you, like, bring a bottle of wine or you... Oh, my gosh. You know, something small because you want to. You don't, look like, look at what you want from Williamson Home for your birthday. <laughs> I, I do want to point out, though, Tom, since you mentioned... The Burr months are three and a half weeks away. I know that people are disappointed we skipped last week, although very understanding, which was, mm-hmm. you know, nice to see. But mm-hmm. they were like, we deserve, you deserve a break. Good for you. And I was like, oh. But uh, we have a lot of stuff coming the next few months. And now that we're all rested up, we can get chart continuing churning out content for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And your yep. very own scheduler is going to be working on these two tonight after we record yes. to try to get Thank another you. date. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a date. I'm not. I'm told you no dates, Anthony. Don't make it weird. But Tom, I have reservations. 
I have a lot of reservations about. <laughs> I'm the okay. one who should have reservations. You don't like wearing pants. H and M has these awesome like sweat pant material shorts that I wear around the house. I'm wearing Shroot Farms shorts. Oh, nice! What the Shroot shorts. Farms had shorts? Okay. All right. Stan so, from State Farm. <laughs> what are you wearing? So the director of this movie <laughs> is Debbie. Is it? And that's her last name. That's not me saying. Is it? Um, it looks like she's done some things. Um, not much I'm familiar with, although she does direct the following two nativity movies. Spoiler two. alert, neither of them are worth watching, including Ugh. the second one, which stars David Tennant. Oh, really? How is that yeah, possible? so Nativity 2, Danger in the Manger, and Nativity 3, Dude, Where's My Monkey? Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Not monkey, actually. <laughs> um, I think based on what I just heard, I can agree with you that this is not something I want to watch. Oh, and then there's another one, Nativity Rocks. Is that a part yep. of it also? Nativity 4, yep. All right, all right. So not much, but really she did like give us this franchises... Speaking of franchises that beat dead horses, we also have Martin Freeman in this movie. You might know from <laughs> The Hobbits. <laughs> Just <laughs> the five armies one it was a little much but martin freeman we've talked about him before he's been on the podcast before he's been on right? the podcast before where was i has he wait he has been on the show before i, I was making a joke how how has he oh he no he was not actually on the podcast <laughs> you beat me to it anthony and that makes it me didn't sad. speak there <laughs> that would have been a big deal he's been covered on the podcast before when we talked about love actually um, one of my favorite characters from Love Actually. And The Office. Actually. And The Office. That's right. The original BBC. I think Office. he looks so much like your son, Julia. The older one. The oldest one. Ethan. He does look yeah. a bit like Ethan. I can definitely see that. Definitely yep. see that. Um, so we've definitely covered him before. Although I don't know if I noticed this last time. It looks like he's got some post-production work right now for A Christmas Carol. What? As a voice for a Christmas Carol. So like an animated Christmas Carol? A radical retelling of the holiday classic that starts with a Victorian performance of the Charles Dickens tale before diving into the imagination of one of the children in the audience, taking the story to a darker fantasy realm. You lost me at re radical retelling. Yep. Okay, let me try this on you for size. Andy Serkis is a voice, Carrie Mulligan. There's some, there's some big voices in this. Might be interesting. I mean, come on, it's a Christmas Carol. We're going to have to cover it at some point. I mean, I mean I'd rather cover that cover than a Hallmark movie. So, oh, There you go. Um, don't, don't, don't commit to that yet, Anthony. You don't know that to be true. <laughs> rather than a year of Hallmark movies, which people are afraid we're going to end up going down that route, yeah, I'd rather cover that. I have some fears. No, we've, got an, we've, got another, we've got another good year in us, y'all. <laughs> also starring in this movie as... Martin Freeman's sort of sidekick, <laughs> reluctant sidekick, <laughs> is Mark Wooten, whose face looked extremely familiar to me. Um, but looking through his cast of characters, I'm not really sure why. So You know who he looked like? He looked like the guy who played, I don't know if you watched the show, but I'm sure you've seen the commercials. He looked like the guy who played Wilfred, the dog on FX with Elijah Wood. Yeah, he kind of looks like that guy. So I you may have seen him in 
We've covered him before. He was in Arthur Christmas. Uh, the little head elf for Steve, like the one who's always by his side with the eye. Oh, huh. Okay. So he was, he voiced Peter. He's Mr. Poppy in Nativity. Um, but he's also been in an episode of Gavin and Stacy, who's in the follow-up Nativity movies as well that Anthony has said definitely not to watch. Um, he's in a not, few episodes. Not just Anthony. One of our British listeners commented about that too. Okay. <laughs> I'm not just Anthony. He's also in the UK version of Drunk History. Looks like he pops up in a few episodes there. Didn't know they had a UK version. There's of a Drunk UK History? Drunk History? I, did, I didn't know that either. I just assume it's probably one or four. Okay. Looks like it was, it lasted a year, um, but he's in two, three episodes. And I'm not really familiar with a bunch of his stuff, but my guess it's probably British, and that's a detriment on my part of not being up to date on it. Playing our female star in the movie, who we also actually have covered already as well from Arthur Christmas, is Ashley Jensen. She plays Jennifer in this movie, which is Martin Freeman's love interest. She was Bryony in Arthur Christmas. So the main elf that's more Arthur's Arthur's elf than anybody else. Um, she's also in The Office Christmas special. She's also a voice in How to Train Your Dragon. She's been in a few episodes of Ugly Betty. She was Nanette in Nomeo and Juliet. You know, the Juliet's like maid in waiting. Y'all remember her? The frog. She was the frog. Remember mm, the frog? Okay. Yep. yep. I love that show. I love that Nomeo movie. and Juliet? Yeah. That's a sweet. That's a sweet. Love Nomeo and Juliet. It's so sweet. You don't like it? I, I, I saw that one in England too. I had high hopes for that one. I did not like that one. I think yeah, we so all funny. had high hopes for you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's just, that's just mean. Also starring in this movie as part of the original trio of Martin Freeman, Ashley Jensen is the third character you meet at the very beginning. Um, his name in the show is Gordon Shakespeare. He's played oh by Jason gosh. Watkins. <laughs> his name is very apropos for his character. I mean, he brings every ounce I, of pretense. I spent half of the film thinking it was Sean. Oh, what's his name? Simon, Simon Pegg. They have a Simon very similar Peg. face. I thought it was him in makeup. <laughs> I had to Google it. It was not. So he has a ton of credits to his name as well. He was in The Golden Compass, a bunch of TV. I'm assuming a lot of this is probably British TV. He's been in Little Dorrit. He's been in a TV movie, Midlife Christmas. He was in the TV series Being Human. He's in another Christmas mm. movie, Lost Christmas. He was in an episode of Call the Midwife, which I love, love, love. All right, look, Anthony, we just got a few more Christmas movies. Nothing to fear. Hey, I'm not the one who fears it. I think we have another few good years on us before we resort to Hallmark. He was in the uh, TV series The Hollow Crown, Midsummer Murders, The Crown, which, have y'all watched The Crown? I love The Crown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. He's Harold Wilson. That doesn't ring a bell right away, but his face was definitely familiar. He does look just staggeringly like Simon Pegg with makeup on. Like at the Ryan? end of, at the end of uh, Ready Player One. When he gets out of the car with yeah. the makeup on, because he's old. yeah, that's exactly who he looked like. That's why, yeah, yeah. that is definitely who he looks like. That's By the way, like. Ready Player Two was published this November. Did you see what? that officially? Yeah, 
I think in October or November. Yeah. It <gasps> got date. It's later this year. But when the bird moments. Oh, that's exciting. Yep. And my last cast member I want to mention, because I'm quite, quite fond of her, is Pam Ferris, who plays <laughs> basically the headmistress of this school. Um, totally different from the Trunchbull and from Aunt Marge. That's right. She's Aunt Marge in Harry Potter movies. Um, or just the one. I guess she was only in one in Prisoner of Azkaban, my favorite. She was also, like you said, she was in Matilda as a horrible, 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 horrible person. She, horrible person. Do you like that movie? Both of I you? love that movie. Matilda? Yeah. yeah. I love that love movie, the book, too. Love the movie. She... That scene in the house terrified me as a kid where she's stalking them through the house and yeah. jumping from her like second floor landing to like, she yeah. was horrifying. In that she's film. no joke. She's and, very scary. I got to give it to her though. Cause you see her in this movie where she's so sweet and like other British stuff where she's not playing that character. Like yep. good for her for going all in on that. She was not afraid to look Dude. Like disgusting, horrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah. She played it well. Yes, she did. Um, she's also in Call the Midwife. She's sister of Angelina, who is a great character. Is she the uh, one who calls the midwife? No, she doesn't call the midwife. I just want to know who calls the midwife. <laughs> I have seen that show a few times, and nobody at any point calls the midwife. And Julie that rounds out our gonna, cast. Julie's not even going to justify my nonsense with the response. Julia has learned to handle you. I still have to give it to you. Julia, though, just knows the best way is to ignore you. That one hurt a little, Julia. That was painful. (laughs) Oh, and I didn't mention, but we need to. So playing the critic in this movie is Alan Carr, who looks like a version of Dwight. (laughs) Yeah, he did. I can explain what he looks like. It's just some version of Dwight. The British, uh, like the British version of Dwight, because he had the yeah. bad teeth and the yep. Yep. <laughs> no yep. offense to our British listeners, you do not all have bad teeth. I'm just saying, stereotypical. <laughs> St- every American time I saw stereotype. him, I see. Just sorry. like the British stereotype of Americans are like the Valley Girls. Awesome. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the stereotype we want back. <laughs> yeah, that is also true. So, before we get into it, did y'all know this was also a stage musical in England? No, but it makes sense. Yep. I can see I, that uh, now. I downloaded the soundtrack, so Aww. I'm excited to listen to it at some point. Because, and I'm going to say it right now, one of the best things about this, the songs are earworms. Yes, they are. They really are. Mm-hmm. Although the whole they time I was watching job. it, I was, I was thinking, I can't wait for Tom to correct, correct the theology. Um, oh, I, I can't even start on this one. It's awful. It's just <laughs> the theology is just terrible. <laughs> We're gonna have to assume that humor trumped any attempt at a legitimate theological. I cannot wait to rip that audio of you saying that from this episode. So every time in the future I like a film where the theology does not live up to your standard, I can just play it back. We're just going to have to assume. Yeah, but the ones that you've liked haven't been funny. Uh, They're funnier than you. They're funnier than what? Than you. He said funnier. They're funnier than you. 
your mom's funnier than you. He said, your mom is funnier than you. <laughs> oh boy. This, our podcast just got so much better, y'all. Julie's okay. running commentary. I, I, I really cannot wait until we do our Festivus episode where Julie is just going to unload on both of us. I have a lot of problems with you people. I have grievances. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm glad we have so, something to look forward to in 2020. <laughs> we're, we're past halfway in the year, and you're, you're just talking about something to look forward to in 2020. That makes me sad. Um, okay, so the premise of the movie is really pretty simple. Um, Martin Freeman, Jason Watkins, and Ashley Jensen, the actors that play these three friends at the beginning of the movie. So you've got Paul, Gordon Shakespeare, and Jennifer. Paul loves Jennifer. Um, Paul Gordon and Jennifer all had, I don't know, this bright, shiny history, right? You show them, you open up with them in a play, a Christmas play. They're all Christmas fans. They're all fans of each other. They're all happy. And basically it's the, they have big aspirations and where are they now? So we jump forward five years into the future and Gordon Shakespeare is this very smart, very clever puts on plays at his school. People love him. Great critics responses. Jennifer is in Hollywood. She has this bright future, right? That she thought she was going to have. Paul, as stated in the past that he was going to be a primary teacher, has become a primary teacher. Those who can't can do give, teach. Can I give a, can I give those a quote? Those who can't teach, teach primarily. <laughs> those who can't act, teach. Those who can't teach, teach primary. Which, Which is, is funny like, because Shakespeare ended up doing that too. Yes, he did. That's right. That's exactly what he ended up doing. So Paul has come to a place in his life because of a terrible breakup with Jennifer, misses her very much, um, that he hates Christmas, hates it, doesn't like nativity plays, doesn't like Christmas. Well, because she was the one who made him love Christmas, she and her family. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And he had put a nativity play on what was funny, the family part. I'm laughing about the part with her family. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's one of the quotes I wanted to find. I've got quotes for it. Don't worry. I've got them. I've got them. As long as somebody's got them. Um, So Paul had put a nativity play on at some point early in his primary career, and it was totally bashed by the critic, the character that plays the critic. Um, And so it really knocked him down a few notches, and he sort of swore – Swore away Christmas, swore away nativity plays entirely. And he really is like a total grouch, man. Like, super grouch. He teaches these beautiful little children, and he's kind of hateful to them, and he's just really by the book, and he's a real whipcracker. Okay? So he's our Grinch in the story. Um, Well. Speaking of the Grinch. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can I just say, right off the bat, again, one of the best things about this film, in my opinion, is the Christmas music throughout. Right off the bat, when you get the Jackson 5, Santa Claus is coming to town. Like, all of it throughout this film just puts you right in the Christmas mood and keeps you there the whole time. And it's all very kicky, and it's very foot-bouncy. And yeah, it does. It just keeps you moving through the mood. It's great. It's a great, it's a great soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. The atmosphere doesn't feel super Christmassy, but the music definitely does and helps Correct. a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, a lot. 
So our headmistress of the school, it's her last year, she's retiring shortly, and she wants to put on a nativity play. And the person who previously did it is no longer available. So Paul, Martin Freeman's character, gets drafted to do it. He's not happy about it because of all the reasons, right? No Christmas, no nativity, but he gets stuck in this role. And she basically says, it's my last year, make it happen, Captain. And so he takes on the helm very, very, very reluctantly. Additionally, but he'll have some help. He gets assigned an assistant who you don't find out right away, but you do shortly after is related to the head, the headmistress. Um, and his name is Mr. Poppy. And he's delightful. He, he's hilarious. It is, it is the Richard Tommy boy relationship that you mm -hmm. love from Tommy Boy between Mr. Poppy and Paul Madden's. Paul Madden's is Richard and Mr. Poppy is Tommy Boy. I would say it could be the plane, trains, and automobiles relationship too. So that, absolutely. It's definitely a theme you see, right? It's an odd couple. It's a total odd couple pairing because Mr. Poppy is a gigantic child um, in wonderful, wonderful ways, also in silly ways. And Paul is just extremely rigid. So throughout the process of Mr. Poppy being, did you say that's what she said? Gross. <laughs> so through the process of Mr. Poppy being in class, we see Paul start to loosen up a little bit, right? You could tell that he sort of likes Mr. Poppy, but he really like 99% hates him, but like 1% kind of. I did him. love the beginning though, when he first started with the class, how like, he just hated him. Everybody was just this montage of him doing crazy stuff and him yelling at him, Mr. Poppy, Mr. Poppy, <laughs> as he's outside getting like beat up by children and like playing with the kids and everything. It was so funny. And then he's, and then he goes inside and runs out another door to play with the kids. <laughs> yeah. <more. laughs> yeah. He calls him inside to reprimand him and locks the door. And he turns around and he's gone and runs out the other door. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Poppy kind of kind of reminded me of Tom. I'm gonna Aww. think that was a compliment. Yeah, I could see that. Like in a good way. Yeah. I, I, Tom, it was a compliment. Yep. Yeah. I could Mr. totally Poppy see was... me and Tom me and Tom like. <laughs> <laughs> You're her very own odd couple. <laughs> so I can't quite remember what precipitates the lie. He, he is out the, and about, and he's at the getting a Christmas. Oh, he's getting a Christmas tree with Mr. Poppy, and he sees his buddy Shakespeare there, who's talking, who's just downplaying his job, the kids he works with, the school. And it's real condescending. He says, "Oh, if you ever want to see how a real school is done, come to our holiday bazaar." That's and right. So he's like, well, not everything's great for you. Of course, I still talk to my ex-girlfriend and she is going to come with all the holiday, all the Hollywood folks to my kid's Christmas pageant. <laughs> it's a, it's a little white reason. lie that Mr. Poppy overhears and thinks is the truth. And of course, Mr. Poppy being this overgrown child yes. goes immediately back to the school to tell his aunt about it. And then it snowballs from there. Because and people are excited. It wasn't, his, it wasn't his aunt he told first. He told the kids. The kids and then the aunt. Yeah, and the kids <laughs> went berserk. 
And this is where Mr. Poppy, not Mr. Poppy, um, what's Martin Freeman's last name? Paul. Mr. Madden's. Madden's. Paul. Where Mr. Madden's, I can understand not giving the game away in front of the press. But immediately after, go tell your head teacher. that For somebody like Mr. Madden, that just didn't seem believable to me at this point. Because at this point, he's not, yeah. His heart hasn't thought enough where he was. Yeah, it hadn't at that point. Well, I think he was just feeling trapped by the lie, right? I've been there. One little lie. Spiral. That's why it's always good to tell the truth, children. Become a person <laughs> known for honesty, and you don't have to deal with this stuff. <laughs> so, now Paul has the burden of not only doing what he doesn't want to do, which is put on the nativity play, or dealing with Mr. Poppy. Now they're in it to win it. And so Paul and Mr. Poppy... Mr. Poppy and the kids start to work together to plan this nativity play. You get just these brief glimpses of what it will be like, which I liked. I like that you didn't see them in like school of rock. You see them in rehearsals as a part of the movie. And so you get some of the snippets mm -hmm. of the movies and the costumes and all of that stuff before you see the final performance in that particular movie. They do not do that with this one. You don't see mm -mm. what's happening except for maybe a few lines of songs until I, the very I was about end. To say this reminded me a lot of School of Rock. Did it? Just, yeah, I could see that. It's the same dynamic. Same plot, same kind of plot too. Like mm -hmm. by the end, the big show uh, yep. that he promised them. Yeah. But uh, I did not like any of the kids in this film. They, they, they were not strong enough to stand up in an improvisation improv improv movie this movie was 90 something percent improv by really the actors yeah they were told what to do in the scene improv it the kids just that's just a director it. phoning it in man yeah. i know I, I i have in the past criticized and we're talking way way in the past before i knew it was ahead of the us <laughs> where i have criticized kids like macaulay culkin who looks like an oscar Compared Bailey. to a lot of the uh, <laughs> yeah, I hate to say this because of the you smug, have to smug, admit it. Smug, smug look that Tom is giving me now. Um, oh, it's Bailey, not smug. I'm just, I'm just waiting a bated breath. Bailey, Bailey Madison <laughs> is a better actress than these kids, and I get it. She's, she's slightly older. Macaulay Culkin wasn't much older though when he was. Yeah. No, but Macaulay Culkin also had more direction, right? Okay, but you know what? You're making a film. Like, the kids, I'm supposed to, I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to buy, the, be really into this nativity pageant, and the kids are, can't act. They're hard to understand, and not just because of the accents. They just don't have diction. They don't have that direction. Yeah. It, the kids just took me out of it. I get, they were all very cute. I'll give them that. Like they cast yeah. the cute kids who are supposed to melt his heart. 100%. They did a good job of looking cute and acting excited like kids are supposed to do during the, ex mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the acting, they, no. And that took me out of it. it loses, the movie loses points on me for that. Because we yeah. have seen in other films, you can cast a good kid. Which Hollywood, if you're looking, my daughter is available. Boy, somebody does need to cast her in something. No, I really don't want to get, I really don't want to help her ego that much. <laughs>
So, there's there's a song look up on YouTube later called Child Star. Just look it up. It's hilarious. Oh gosh. So through the process of developing these kids to be in this nativity play, we start to see Paul, Mr. Madden's thaw, right? He gets the, Mm -hmm. you know, he has affection towards the kids. Um, He gets some really good one-on-one individual motivation speeches to these kids that, I mean, to Anthony's point, they're not great actors, but it makes them feel more like real kids too. You know, like, it feels True. more like the legit nativity and what he's trying to coach them through, which I kind of liked true. because he, yeah, works that's through, fair. he works through them with their anxieties and he's really encouraging and you just really start to see him smile more. And even though there's still the undercurrent of he's stressed at the fact that this thing is not what this thing is. <laughs> the thing that everybody thinks it is, is not actually what it is. Um, he's growing as a character. Um, and Mr. Poppy's a big part of that too, because Mr. Poppy is so good with the kids that he really mm-hmm. gets Mr. Madden's out of his, uh, out of his box. Like when they go see a child being born, because that's super important when you're doing a nativity play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mr. Madden really does grow over the course of this film to mm-hmm. care for these kids. And when he sees how excited they are, the fact that he flies all the way to Hollywood to try to, Yes. Get them to come out to see his show. Yep. Yes. Not only does he fly to Hollywood, he takes two kids with him. Without the head he teacher has- knowing. <laughs> but he does have permission slips. Oh my gosh, they're poor parents. <laughs> Could you imagine? So he flies to Los Angeles or to Hollywood to talk. Wait, wait, wait. wait. But you just said they're poor parents. The scene with the parents where they're questioning him in the auditorium and they're basically acting like the typical Hollywood parents of young child stars. But we need an agent. Well, my kid can do this. They can do that. You know, I don't want her doing this. That made me laugh a lot. I I find, I bet that's very true to life for young child actors. I could see it. Um, So they fly to Hollywood to talk to Jennifer and basically just beg her to play along, right? Here's all the stuff he's promised. Can we just, can we follow through on the promise? It's important to the kids. Um, We find out Jennifer is not a producer, not a Hollywood producer. I don't know where that went wayside, by the way. Was it just because he said it to Shakespeare? I think Shakespeare said it, didn't he? Okay. So I thought... Multiple people had that wrong. Yeah, I, I, I get the impression she had lied about it because she, okay. she didn't want anyone to know she failed at her dream. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, okay. She just seems so surprised, but maybe it's just, maybe it wasn't surprised. Um, so he shows up at her office. She's like, I'm, I'm like a secretary, you know, like I'm not a producer. So I don't know why, how you're, how I could ever accomplish what you're asking of me, but you know, things are weird between them anyway. So he flies home with the kids, dejected. Obviously, the headmistress finds out that he took two kids with him without proper <laughs> approval. Thanks a lot, Mr. Poppy. And she is equally disappointed with Mr. Madden's as she is with Mr. Poppy. Tells Mr. Madden's he's sacked at the beginning of next year. He will not come back at the end. You know, the end of the year is the end of the year for him. And that there will be a yeah, play. She tells him he better start looking for a new job. Nice of her to let her stay, him stay through the end of the term, I guess. Considering what he did, including they had these forged permission slips which right. we alluded to but yeah when you see these things they're scribbled on with drawings and everything they're clearly not signed by real parents I and think that's the kids all on Mr. Them. Poppy 
And that's all on Mr. Poppy. And then this yeah. following scene is where it Martin though? Freeman... Yes. Is, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is it on Mr. Poppy? Because Martin Freeman checked. knew Mr. Poppy. Shouldn't he have checked to see what Mr. Poppy handed him? <laughs> all I will say is the following scene with Mr. Uh, Madden's and Mr. Poppy, where he gives him a verbal dressing down is heartbreaking to me. Heartbreaking. There's something so childlike about Mr. Poppy that you can't help but feel like he's yelling at a child who doesn't fully understand. Like he's kicking a puppy? Yeah, exactly. It felt like he was kicking a puppy. It did. It did feel like that. But that's how it always feels in these movies. When Richard gets really mean to Tommy Boy, like you feel really bad, you know? Even though he really deserves it. I mean, even though he deserves it, you you still feel bad. That's him. Right. Yeah. So there's a blowout and there's a sadness. And then Martin Freeman's character decides these kids deserve a nativity play. They work so hard. Well, first he decides they deserve the truth. And he apologizes and tells them no nativity play. Lying is bad. And he uh, goes back to old school Mr. Poppy for a bit. Yeah. And then he sees how good these children are. And you find out his heart is still melted by them. And he decides, you know what? They disturb this nativity play. Yes. The kids aren't upset about about Hollywood not coming. Right. They're upset that they did all this work. And they're so proud of what they put together. And they don't get to do it now. Which is very sweet. It is. And that was amazingly sweet yep so the play's back on but don't tell the headmistress <laughs> because it's going to be on the down low try and keep it from her as long as possible it's going to be on the down low despite the fact they're using this ancient cathedral in town they got permission to use and the mayor right. is involved and the press is going to be there That's but right. yes don't tell the headmistress don't tell the headmistress we're doing this thing um so then you get to the very end of the movie which is the production of the nativity play um, it's quirky and just, it's so funny and it's so good. And it's just it's so, so much better good. than the other one. It is so much better. Than the uh, other one. Uh, let's bring up the Herod. other one. Yeah. <laughs> he tells it from Herod's <laughs> point of view. And oh my God. And Martin Freeman's in the audience of this other one. And they're, they're tearing apart well, well, they take this baby. <laughs> yeah, they these all these little girls are dressed as like Jewish mothers, first century Jewish mothers, and they're running around crying, "Where's my baby? Where's my baby?" Uh, they all look like they're having way too much fun for this role too. But then they show one boy pick up the baby, holds it above his head. Four of the boys come, he holds the head, they pull the arms, and then the really legs. long and the legs, and this and they, they pull the baby apart and all of these ribbons that red the, ribbons start coming out. Which are supposed to they be look blood. Like blood. And they throw the limbs in the audience. And, and then they throw the limb and the blood at Ugh. somebody in the audience. <laughs> and the the reviewer, which also I'm a little weirded out that you have a grown man who's a who's a theater critic. Who goes to, goes to like primary school nativity plays to write reviews about them? That's screwed up. <laughs> Fine, there's something wrong with this dude. 
Mr. Madden. He, get, he gets excited. Does and not. Mr. Madden, he's, he just looks very confused. <laughs> and his play does not have this violence, but it does. <laughs> it does have the kid playing Gabriel the Angel lower down from this ridiculously high. Time. Oh my gosh! And the mom. mom and the mom faints to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is one of those. It's like it's like one of those action movies scenes. You think they'd kid, they'd be holding hostage up there, and everyone's gathered around the way people are freaking out. Like yes. at this tower. I mean the way they. <laughs> The angles they used for this tower, they may look like, you know, a freaking skyscraper. That's how high it was. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it I, would, like, I would have done what that mom did if I had seen that as well. It looked like the end of Batman 89, the church that Batman and the Joker fought on it top did. of. It did. It really did. Oh, it was so funny. Can I ask you guys what's awesome. your favorite song in his play? I love the Mary and Joseph one. All the kids are dressed as Mary and Joseph. With all the Mary. I loved that because you have multiple I, kids throughout the beginning that are like, I want to be Mary. Well, I want to be Joseph, you know? And yeah, I thought that I was, was a good neat- solution. I liked that. Yeah. My Mary wouldn't have that hair and that dress, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> They're British. <laughs> God. Were you about to insult the Mary and Joseph song, Tom? I didn't like that one. Is it because of your theological preferences? Not preferences, theological knowledge. <laughs> I like the star one, the girl that's the star. If we're, I mean, the, the song I thought was great, but their faces in that black fabric, like, that... gives me life. I have never seen a nativity play with quite this much drag in it. <laughs> That's what that is one of my favorite quotes when the kid is like, I'm not wearing that. That's a girl's costume. You look I, like that's a, a girl's costume. He says, what? Alfie, you're just gonna have to do it. What? You can go on in Sam's place, please. No way. Why? Because it's a girl's costume. You already look like Barbarella. Go in there, get dressed. Thank you, Sam. That's, that's it. Barbarella. Barbarella. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh gosh. Um, so the play goes off. Mostly without a hitch. The parents are loving it. Everybody in the audience is loving it. Shakespeare shows up in the audience. Um, He tries to stop the show. And we also have the lights go out at some point. So kind of like the headmistress alluded to at the beginning. Her, she had a beautiful speech, by the way, because she finds out there's going to be a nativity play and she's really upset. But the mayor, it's the mayor, right? It's the mayor. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Who's got kind of a thing for her, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I mean, he's very schmoozy with her. He kind There's of pulls a lot her of away. Kissing, if not. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls her a away and he's like, come on, let's let it happen. And he gets her up on stage to make a speech, kind of forcing her hand. And she gives this incredibly heartfelt speech of how these kids are always looked down on for not being good enough, but they're awesome. And and how people have always written them off and she's not going to allow that to happen. Oh, I loved it. That was one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Same here. Keep in mind, all the kids can hear exactly what she's saying. I know, but they're probably not paying attention. Let's be honest. Um, but like, uh, that's what, that's what Paul thought too, when he told the teacher that they're all useless. That's true. They were listening. 
Kindle. So, like it was so good to see that her do that, considering she play, usually plays these awful characters in a lot yeah. of movies. Yeah, yeah. It really and like when she when that. she was speaking, she was like welling up. Oh, yeah, she was so good in that scene. Yeah. Um, so the lights go out at some point during the nativity play, and you see this light. I mean, they have beautiful candlelight part also, but you also see this bright light starts to shine in the distance. And what is it? It's a helicopter. Guess who's here? Hollywood. Well. Well, and that's when. Well, that's this, ha- when this happened Mr. right Shakespeare, before, right after Mr. Shakespeare, Mr. Shakespeare crashes. Uh, well, while he's still on stage talking about because how awful he's saying, Paul yeah, is. Madden is just all a lie. Which is terrible and because he's had he's house. had this better gig and kind of rubbed it in his face and here Mr. Madden does something awesome and he's like, nope, I'm not gonna let you have this. Yep. He's a super bitter. He's just critter. kind of a total. He's just kind of a total d bag, y'all. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. He has not one redeeming moment. No, he doesn't. One of his handstand is a little bit redeeming, but you know. Um. So. The nativity play ends. Madden and Jennifer are in love again because she shows up for him. And that says a lot. And the actual movie itself ends with him saying, you know, we're back together and we love Christmas again. And it pans out on Mm -hmm. them kissing in the front yard with all these beautiful Christmas lights around. And it's just such a happy ending. Well, I would like to point out that one of the sweetest parts was when Mr. Poppy sent the video to Jennifer in Hollywood of all the kids saying how much Mr. Madden misses her and Jennifer's watching this tearing up and it just showed what a good guy Mr. Poppy is and mm-hmm. how much the kids actually do like Mr. Madden and everything. Like, mm-hmm. I like this. Didn't everything Mr. Poppy did show how amazing he was though? I mean, he was just... Except for forging buddy the transatlantic... Uh, except for forging that transatlantic permission slip. But he's this Buddy the Elf character, right? Who's just so full of- I could totally see him and Buddy the Elf being best friends. Yeah, it was, he was sweet. I forgive him his, you know, mild kidnapping thing. My favorite scene was when um, Mr. Poppy had kind of given up and he's not, I mean, not Mr. Poppy, uh, Mr. Madden had given up. And he's sitting at the desk and he's, you know, just bitter and, and sulking, reading all the kids' letters. And you watch, you watch the talent that Martin Freeman has as he's reading the letters, especially when he gets to the last one, um, where he says, uh, dear, where Charlotte, you hear Charlotte's voice reading. Dear Santa, please let my Christmas wish come true. I'd really love for everyone in the world to be happy, even Mr. Baddens. Please help him get his girlfriend back when she comes to see us. Thank you very much. From Charlotte. Then Lucy wrote, Dear Father Christmas, please make my teacher happy because he seems really sad. He doesn't even like Christmas. So please help him find a smile. Love from Lucy. (laughs) And he immediately pops up and goes back to... um, a crazy idea that Mr. Poppy had suggested that they have a death slide. And he's like, right, who wants to do the death slide? Like letting the kids know he is all in. Um, I will say I do agree with his original assertion that you probably should not have something called the death slide in a children's nativity play. 
Yeah, the letters at the table, the Christmas letters at the table is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I love that I scene it. too. Mm -hmm. This movie is full of Linus moments. It is. It is. Uh, speaking of Linus moments, I was listening to Totally Ride Christmas and they started talking about a Linus moment and then Jerry said he was ripping us off on his podcast because he started talking about the Linus moment, to which I had to laugh because we ripped that off from Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Christmas. So we all borrow from one another, like fantasy and sci-fi authors. Uh, it had multiple Linus moments and it's without a doubt a Christmas movie, but I agree with you, Julia, the atmosphere, the music was very Christmassy, but mm -hmm. the scenery was not. Yeah, it was lacking a bit there. It was. One of their favorites. I like the scene where she is with her boss. She goes in and says, they're expecting Hollywood to come and see their show. Mr. Parker, we can make that happen. And he says, I've got 50 states. I've got hundreds of towns. In each of those states, they're putting on nativity plays. I don't need to travel 6,000 miles. And Jennifer says, Mr. Parker, I need you to do this for me. I have worked here for three years. And every morning at 10 to 8, I get your coat. I take your coat. I hang it up. At nine o'clock, I get your coffee. I put it on your table. I take away the letters. I put them into the outbox. I take the other letters and put them in the inbox. I file. I fax. I smile. And he just looks at her. Jennifer, that's what you're paid to do. And she's like, yes, I know. <laughs> but I like how she, how she just takes her job and tries to use that as a way to uh, guilt him into coming. Yep. Yeah. We never did find out how the helicopter got there, did we? No, it's not really explained. I mean, it's Hollywood. They probably flew into like Heathrow and he rented a helicopter, right? To get there quick. Which by the way, he's an but awesome actor. Clark Peters from The Wire, who's Big Chief Lambro. But how yeah. she got him convinced to come. I think it was the Christmas magic. I, I mean, that's a Linus, this Linus moment right there, right? She melted his heart enough that he actually traveled out to England to see these kids perform. Mm -hmm. I liked at the beginning when the head teacher is talking. She said, now last year, Mrs. Spink did the nativity play. And if I remember, she got a bit upset and she started shouting and crying. And some of you, I remember, were crying with her. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the school is a, is a mess. Yeah, yeah, it comes off that way, that's for sure. Just a little bit. Any other quotes or scenes? I just like this whole movie, y'all. Yeah, I like this movie. Cheered me right up. Put me right in the Christmas mood, that's for sure. I needed it. I uh, Favorite quotes and scenes, I liked the whole nativity pageant at the end. I loved Herod's pageant. Oh my gosh, I love Herod's pageant. It made me laugh so freaking much. Uh, oh, the, the schoolyard rumble. Well, it's not really a rumble. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh a lot. Oh, uh, the whole th Especially when, when Martin Freeman's talking to Mrs. Bevins and he's looking out the window over her back watching it happen and you just see <laughs> Mr. Poppy being taken down by four of these kids from the other school. <laughs> <laughs> and he's calling for him for help. It's so funny. <laughs> so yes Linus moment yes Christmas movie uh, I think that means we're ready to rank this yes we are 
Anthony, I think you're going to be our low ball. So let's see what you got. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to come in at an eight. I am coming in at nine and a quarter. Nice. That gives us an average of 8.083, which puts it at 8.083, puts it at number 17 on our list between the ref and white crew. Sweet. In, in the upper echelon. So I'm happy with that. So whew, I'm not going to be in trouble. <laughs> oh, <with laughs> yeah. The vast amount of listeners that really love this movie. The ones who and called specifically, specifically called me out. <laughs> <laughs> I was I hoping I didn't people, ruin this movie. I think people were worried that you were going to let your theological knowledge get in the way of the sweet moments, how he portrayed this movie. It was a, it was a funny movie. It was a funny. See, there's, but there's a difference between a movie that's like trying to teach something and one that's just trying to be funny. And this one was just trying to be funny. It was a straight comedy. Mm -hmm. There was no attempt at it being a serious theological movie or portraying. I mean, we had, we had baby blood being thrown into an audience during a Christmas pageant (laughs) about King Herod. We can't, we can't take this seriously as a, with any theological construct around it. So (laughs) my, my critique of the other movies has always been, they've always had a, They've always had a leaning towards, you know, trying to create some sort of authentic nativity We do have a lot of feedback. Can we read some feedback, Julia, about this film? Yeah, let's read some feedback. So we'll watch a buddy on Reddit wrote. I like how I you say know. his name every time. Yeah, every, it's my every favorite. Time. It always I, makes me smile. We'll watch it, buddy. <laughs> oh, you have it. to read it like that. You can't say, <laughs> whoa, watch it, buddy. <laughs> I, uh, they wrote, I don't know why, but I love this film. However, that doesn't mean I love Mr. Poppy. Don't get me wrong. He would have been an amazing teacher to have as a student, but as a teacher, he is not good and should be fired. You can see some of these reasons on Facebook. I upload some pictures on my list there. He also put that list on Reddit. Here are some of my favorite items in that list. He called a kid Gollum. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that kid did look like Gollum. He looked more like Smeagol, but he looked like him. He tore down a kid's Santa picture and wore it as a mask. He, he tells Jennifer's parents that Mr. Madden's blew the dog up. And he, and he calls, oh, I gotta, get that. I gotta get those quotes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he called Gordon a freak. These are only a fraction of the bad things he did. That was just a rant about Mr. Poppy, so here's why I think of the movie as a whole. It's great. Again, I don't know why I love it so much. Maybe it's Bob, or maybe it's nostalgia. I don't know. But I will try and find the time for it at some point in my Christmas season. I especially like the bit when Mr. Madden's has his Linus moment. I think it is anyway. It's a bit when he's reading the letters to Santa from the kids. Yep. And you could just see him realize how much this means to the kids. I don't know why you'd ask Santa to make your teacher happy, though. Uh, then White Duke actually agreed with him on Mr. Poppy. Agreed on Mr. Poppy. As a teacher, I'd hate having a teaching assistant like him. Though I did have one that reminded me of him in my old school. And he's very well-meaning, but problematic. And wanting to be part of the class more than the kids. There's a lot of fun things to like about this movie. And my nephews loved it. So I watched it a lot when I, whenever I visited home. Fun songs, cute kids, silly humor, Martin Freeman. Only for a festive, silly family film. That said, it's overly cheesy in part. In parts and makes me cringe, so that may be my adult brain kicking in. Basically, so Mr. Poppy tells Paul, 
that he needs to go talk to Jennifer's parents. He finds out that they shared a dog that used to be Jennifer's that Paul now has. And he says, well, just go to them and tell them the dog died and that you need to tell Jennifer. And he's like, well, but how did the dog die? Just tell them it exploded. Nobody's going to ask any follow-up questions. Paul's completely against this idea. Then he shows up at Jennifer's parents' house, knocks on the door, and they just rip into him for blowing <laughs> up the dog that looked that was named Christmas Cracker, or that was named uh, Cracker, like a Christmas yeah. Cracker. Yeah. And he's sitting there very awkwardly taking this verbal abuse that he just blew up. <laughs> he just blew up this dog. <laughs> Needless to say, that, that plan didn't work. <laughs> Oh, that was my, that was that was my favorite scene from the movie. We have some other feedback too. I love when we get listener feedback, y'all. Uh, Louis Hammond on Facebook wrote, "All I'm saying is, if you guys don't like this movie, I will be pretty disappointed." Jerry Davila, of totally right. Christmas wrote, "So many earworms." I stumbled upon this one when my eldest was a baby and loved it. It's completely ridiculous and unbelievable, but that adds to the charm. And no, Mr. Poppy should not be in charge of children. LOL. Rebecca Ball wrote, I just posted this on the main page by mistake. If anyone has anything bad to say here, and I'm mainly looking at Tom Crow, I literally refuse to listen. This one, the first and only, as far as I'm concerned, is a precious snowflake of a movie. I worked with someone who was in the movie, and she said that it was mostly improvised, except the songs of final performance, which is true. IMDb says that as well. The children would be told what was to happen in the scene, and that allowed to see what the children would be told what was to happen in the scene, then allowed to see what happened. The adults had a skeleton script to drive the action if necessary. What unfolds is a very British caper, which granted is in some ways dated, but so innocent full of pure joy that if you tear it apart, I will be so sad. Uh, I would Lou be wrote, too if somebody tore this apart. Yeah, it would make me sad. Lynn's Lou wrote, honestly had no clue this movie existed, going to have to watch. Michelle Williams Kidwell wrote, I've never seen or heard of this one, can't wait to check it out. Good luck finding it, y'all, because that's why we were delayed a week. And that makes me sad. This one should be more widely available. I feel like AMC or Freeform could really use this in their rotation to change up their usual stuff yeah. a lot. Yeah. Or at least Imagine get it, it on Netflix. Right, and or just get it on Netflix even during the holiday season. Like, this should not be that hard to find. I feel like it would have a pretty wide American audience if it was out there because it is such a sweet little movie. Is that a fat yeah. joke, Anthony? I mean, I was talking about Americans compared to the Brits, so yeah, obviously, that's what it's I a mean. Nice joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I meant. So, guys, we also had a question of the week to think about and answer this week, and we had two weeks to think about it. Oh crap. oh, crap. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so it comes from, we'll watch Buddy on Reddit. <laughs> you, sound like the, you sound like the Canadians from South Park. Hey, guy. <laughs> Let's go to see Elaine Dion's house. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas ads are a big thing in the UK, and John Lewis, a shop here in the UK, has asked you to create theirs this year. What do you do? I personally like the stop motion ones the most because they have clearly had a lot of time and effort put into them. So having one of those would be a must for me. I'd get someone else to think of everything else for me, such as the music and the actual message behind the ad. Yes. I think this year, given COVID, we could do some kind of COVID social distancing Christmas type ad where you really get the true spirit of Christmas. That's not about, you know, the activities we normally do, like 
like in New York, it would be seeing the tree or the ice skating and all that stuff. It's about you still get to speak to your loved ones and spend the day with them, even if it's in a social distance way. And isn't that what Christmas is about? You still surround yourself by those you love, even if they're not in person with you at this moment. So there's something to that effect. Um, That would be the message. That would be the gist of the ad. As for the music and stuff, I don't know how you would do it. I liked when, I don't know if it was John Lewis or Sainsbury's, the ones who used the bears for Heathrow. Oh, it's Heathrow Airport. The ones that used the bears. I, you know, I don't feel like you necessarily need to use human people. You could probably use animals or toys Mm -hmm. or whatever to convey that message, which I think I would prefer over people. And they turn into people at the end, like the bear one did. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the gist of mine. I like that. I'd like to see something that was, since I'm so fond, I've been fond of the Mrs. Claus commercials in the past, specifically that one that I still love, right? Where she flies in the helicopter. With hot hot Mrs. Claus. With hot Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Claus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd really enjoy seeing Mrs. Claus in a commercial where she has to reach out to her holiday figure female counterparts, whether it be the wives of, or like, you know, the tooth fairy, right. Um, to kind of help solve her problem. Um, and I'd love to see her come to the rescue again, you know, love that. come to the Christmas rescue. So somebody should do that. And you actually changed my ad a little bit. I would use Santa and Mrs. Claus to do my ad. Santa just comes back from delivering the presents around the world, has to social distance from his loved one a bit. And it's Christmas morning, so he can't see her in person. So they have this like Zoom chat and yep, there you go. So that was a nice combination of the two. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Tom? Well, mine that I had in mind is uh, a little bit of a bummer, I guess, compared to y'all. Probably because I have been obsessing over this book that I listened to the other night. I would like to see one that addresses the problem at the border. Oh, there we go. It looks like a normal, you know, mom just getting ready for Christmas with her kiddos, wrapping a present. You don't see the whole scene. And then um, she's like, humming a Christmas song. And as you pan away, you see that she was in like detention clothing and she is being detained and you see her kids far away sad. And it's just a reminder that not everybody is with their family and we should really take what we have, not take what we have for granted and find ways to do more to help those in need. That would be uh, impactful. I lost y'all. It, it would definitely know, be impactful. Probably far, far too depressing for a department store to want to do. No, so there, well, we didn't necessarily say department store, did we specifically say it had to be department? I know we used it as an example. He specifically said said John Lewis, but I mean, if it could be anything, I think I was interpreting it more as just that type of longer format commercial. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I stand by what I, what I said. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We did get some listener feedback. A thin white Duke wrote, I like a good musical one or a nostalgic one. I really liked the Mog one. But yeah. that wasn't MS. And I always wondered if there would be a Wallace and Gromit advert from some company. Which one did the cat? I liked the cat who set everything on fire and the family lost the house and then everyone took them in. Was that John that Lewis was or was that, was that, that Mog? Was, yeah. Mog. Yeah, but what were they advertising? Oh, yeah, that was Mog. Mog's Christmas Calamity. Mm hmm. 
And that was for Sainsbury's. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I loved that one. Uh, Disco 54 wrote, I really liked Sainsbury's The Greatest Gift, but thought they missed an opportunity. They should have launched the ad campaign and closed their stores early on Christmas Eve and Boxing Day, giving their employees more family time at Christmas. Imagine the goodwill and the follow-through of the message. It would be amazing. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. Uh, Thankfully, a lot of the big chains have already said they're not doing Thanksgiving shopping this year in America, which is awesome. And again, I mean, I hate this for the marketing side of me to come out, but they all missed a golden opportunity here, y'all. Because it's obvious their rationale is strictly financial. They're not expecting people to want to go shopping yeah. on, on Black Friday. But they could have made it... Oh, oh they, they never said they they're closing Black Friday. They said Thanksgiving. Or Thanksgiving. They're not expecting people to go out. Um, and President Hot Dog commented, I want my Christmas ad to be scary. I want two kids sitting in a dark room in front of a fire. They hear a creak of a floorboard. They hear thuns. They see a shadowy figure outside disguised by the snow. They get scared. They're more scared as the door handle rattles. They huddle behind the Christmas tree. The door flies open. The kids scream. The screen goes black. Then we cut to the kids rushing over to greet someone. Their mother with loads of packages. Their father home from a business trip best yet the grandparents and it turns out the screams are screams of delight everyone's happy and hugging i think that's clever i like that (laughs) of course that's where he goes though right Uh, so a little sneak peek behind the curtain for our listeners last week when we realized we didn't this week yeah last week when you're listening to this when we didn't have a new episode we tried to pull one of our patreon ones to drop just to give you a hint of a fireside chat i couldn't get it downloaded but i was going to drop the president hot dog conversation which was a lot of fun because i wanted to drop one that had all three of the l's like the thing with patreon is you don't always get all three of us so i wanted to we have a rule on this show that the main feed always has to have all three of us because that's what makes the show special so that was one i wanted to drop i think y'all would have loved that conversation with president hot dog so oh, yeah. i Really urge you, I'll seg this into Patreon, to check out Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get bonus episodes, fireside chats with listeners you've heard us mention a lot of the time, like President Hot Dog, like Charlene, like Jerry Davila of Totally Rad Christmas, like Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter, like April Riley. Uh, We have two Christmas commentaries up there for the Santa Claus and Elf. We have me and Tom geeking out over... Batman with Jerry Davila and restructuring the whole Rankin Bass universe. We have Thanksgiving and Halloween content coming this year, more Christmas content, loads of fun stuff. And starting October, we're going to be doing mini episodes covering the Bat- Batman, the long Halloween co- corresponding with each holiday in that book. So tons of fun stuff. If you're not a patron to check out maybe. And also if you donate more than a dollar, you might be able to get, Christmas cards and the elves and stickers and things like that. So check it out. Where else can they check us out for off Patreon, y'all? They can check us out at all of the social medias at tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook slash Reddit slash Instagram slash Twitter. Reddit, Facebook, Twitter and Patreon. All of it's there. So just hop in, hop on to those to our website. Click those links or go directly to those and you're connected with our amazing Tis the Podcast community. 
the community that is committed to keeping the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. Julia, how can the listener support us for free? You can always support us for free simply by leaving us a review on wherever you get your podcasts um, and telling your friends. You can always be a fantastic word of mouth. Um, the closer we get to the Christmas months, we typically get more listeners because I don't know, there's people out there that only like Christmas content during the Christmas season that's like fine or whatever. But weirdos. we love those weirdos too. <laughs> we'll, welcome, we'll welcome those three month a year Christmas celebrators into our flock at any point in time. So let your friends know, leave us a positive review um, if you feel that way. We would love it if you did. And, um, and that's a great, great free way to support us as well. Yep. Yeah. Every new review helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365, 66 days per year. So we have another question of the week to think about for next week. And this one comes courtesy of, you guessed it, we'll watch it, buddy. And hey guys. who who has really stepped up? Gary Blauman had been carrying this torch for a while, and we'll watch Buddy seems to have grabbed hand run with it. So this is a simple one. We probably don't even need a week to think about it, but let's give it a week so listeners can respond. In your opinion, which is better, the build up to Christmas or the actual day itself, and why? So that's a good one. That's a good one. So next week. We are covering the 1999 James Earl Jones Christmas movie, Santa and Pete. Mm, I think with I those markers, you'll probably be able to You don't know it. what you think about it? You're the one who put it on this list. Dude, we're looking for movies that are not Hallmark. <laughs> so yes, I am doing my job of finding us movies to talk about that are not from Hallmark. If you want to work ahead, you can also prep your DVD player, maybe your VHS player, this is the old one, with I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus from 2001, made-for-TV family film. It has the twins from Friends, right? Isn't that the kid that played? It's Ben. People ben. know it him as ben. Zach and Cody from the Disney Channel. Oh. Our Riverdale, one of them's on Riverdale as Jughead. In a lot of stuff nowadays. But yeah, Dylan and Cole Sprouse star in this film. So those are our next two weeks. And while that might not immediately seem like really good news, I have some better, better news. What we is only your good have, news, Julia? Well, we only have 3,312 hours until Christmas. That is only 138 days. That is 19 weeks. We are in the teens officially. That's awesome. We, we skipped the 20th week last week. That was a perk of skipping. We skipped over that last non-week. <laughs> we just Got couldn't do right another one. <laughs> yep. So do your homework. Come back next week. And we'll talk about some more Christmas stuff. Yay. Bye, y'all. Bye. One moment when I saw her first. She stole my heart, so it's about